What is up, everyone? Welcome back here to another episode on the Lure Lab on the Serious Angler Network. And as always, I am your host, Andrew Full. And today we have an awesome episode for you. We have a swim jig master on, even though he might not say that himself, but Wes Logan is going to be joining us to break down swim jig fishing. You've probably heard him talk about it hundreds of times, but uh, we figured we would get him here on the Lure Lab and really dive in deep into it. And as always, if any of the baits that we talk about today on the lab are on Omnia, there is a discount code down in the description where you can save some money and pick up the awesome baits that everyone talks about when they come on the show here weekly. But without further ado, let's get Wes on. What's up, man? How you doing? Hi, man. Just hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit, buddy. <laughs> How's your hand? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good. It's kind of ironic that uh, I've had my hand worked on today because I think I've heard it from swimming a jig for 28 years of my life and the way I hold my rod and stuff that we, we kind of think that's what's led to it the most, but uh, we're going to have to get that fixed because it's going to stay locked in my hand either way, or I'll learn to fish right-handed. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, it's, it doesn't hurt to have both. I use both, so sometimes it works better, you know? It's good to be uh, ambidextrous. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I'd love to be ambidextrous in quite a few things. I probably need to learn. <laughs> only way to learn is to do so That's right but speaking of the hand right like swim jigging you're probably going to need that hand to heal up pretty fast here and being on the was it the coosa river chain right like that oh yeah oh yeah it's a it's a sure enough staple i mean it's a and, and it's no secret i mean it's kind of just you it used to be a lot better than it is now just because of how popular it's got um you, you'll still catch some on it and you can catch some big ones uh but you'll get a lot of followers or kind of roll up on it and not really get it. But so that's kind of where you have to, you know, mix and match your trailers and your colors and your sizes and your weights and your retrieval speed. It's not, it's not quite as easy as it used to be, but you can still catch a really good bag on it on certain days. Yeah. And it seems like the swim jig is just like curtailed right to that Coosa river, Alabama area, but it actually works a lot of places. I know guys caught them in Florida on it. If I remember correctly, mm -hmm. and it also works up here in the northeast on a lot of our lakes so kind of dive into it right like what are the swim what is the swim jig of choice for west logan yeah you know I, i've grown up throwing quite a few different ones uh but the main thing that's really stayed the same is the weights that i like to use uh i'm a real big fan of a 5 sixteenths and a 3 eighths um and the reason i mentioned both of those weights is they're obviously within a sixteenth of an ounce but I've noticed over the years and like I like to weigh a lot of my lures uh, like I have a little scale that I weigh to get like an exact weight what I'm working with because some of them will actually weigh different than others and that you know that can affect how I'm able to fish it like if I can fish it slower or faster and all that so there's some companies that will call it a five sixteenths but it's actually a tr it's actually a three eighths weight and um, then you'll have other jigs that are called a three eighths that are a true three eighths um, so most of the time i'm going to be using a 3 8 weight uh but the jig may be called a 5 sixteenths, but actually like i said be weighing as a 3 8 because a 5 sixteenths is pretty light um in general i mean it's real close to a quarter a quarter is not something i throw a whole lot i know a lot of guys really like that but with the trailers that i choose to use the the 3 8 the five heavy 5 sixteenths and the 3 8 is really a go-to for the you know the alabama style that i like to do um but i will say that i've caught some like in a Florida style situation, and we can get into that a little bit later, but like down in Florida and even up in y'all's neck of the woods, um, where you're going to be more of a, you know, offshore grass, scattered millfoil, scattered hydrilla, 
you're going to be doing a lot more casting and just straight retrieving that jig. I will sometimes go to a half ounce with like a paddle tail. Um, but that's the only time I will probably ever go to a half ounce. I don't normally, you know, Alabama style a half ounce. It's normally just uh, the heavy five sixteenths and the three eighths. So let me ask you this: Like, we'll take a step back when you weigh them. Do you take the mm -hmm. skirt off and just weigh the head and the hook and like the? No, I weigh it. I weigh it like I would tie it on. Like if I got it out of the package, I'll like I'll take two different ones. I, I'll take I've taken a five sixteenths before and a three eighths, and you know, weigh this one, weigh this one. And the five sixteenths and the three eighths, they'll literally weigh the exact same, like almost right on the button um, of a three eight. So, huh. when I've been using a five sixteenths for so many years, the jig that I used to, use, which I, I mean, everybody knows, I've won the tournament on a dirty jack, no jack, or dirty jigs, no jack um, swim jig, and it's a five sixteenths. But I think the the I think the deal with that is it's a five sixteenths weighted head, but with that no jack hook makes it a three eighths in the weight. Here, here recently, I've, um, I'm actually, we're making a jig, a swim jig with Art Fishing. Me and the guys at Art are making one with a few different components that I really like. Um, they have a, a, a Z Swimmer now that I'm using, and it's really good. It's got a really good hook, really big hook in it, but it's a lighter, it's a lighter wire, but it's still a strong hook. Uh, it's, it's the same strength hook as all the other ones I've ever used, but it's going to have that little bit lighter wire that's not going, you know, rip that big gash yeah the, the problem i have with that and i'm not trying to get off subject but when oh. you have that huge wire hook it's great if you're you know catching five to eight pounders like obviously you want that big gaff you're not going to tear a hole in a five pounder's mouth but realistically on the lakes you're going to fish how many times is every bite you get going to be a five to eight pounder like you're going to be needing those two to three and a half pounders to where I mean, I've caught two pounders before that I barely got in the boat, and they had a gash ripped in them, you know, two inches long from that big hook. Well, and that probably that's has a lot. Dang hard. Yeah, I was about to say it probably has a lot to do with how I jerk, but I mean, I get really excited. Like I just, I can't help it. And sometimes, sometimes you don't really see the fish get it that good, and you don't know if it was a six pounder or a two pounder when he gets it. Or you know, they can fool you a lot of times. But I have had times where you know I hook a two pounder and it'll be cartwheeling to the boat. Uh, and it just, you know, kind of come off and it's probably cause it had that big hook in it. Um, but with this different jig we're making, it's going to be a true three eighths. Um, it's going to have a, it's going to have a head style where a lot of the weight is towards the front. Uh, it's not, you're, we're not going to have a lot of lead going down the shank of the hook. It's going to have wire keepers on it. And basically what that's going to do is just the way the Alabama style, it's going to let that jig be able to swim a lot easier and a lot, keep you from having to do a lot of work to it because it's going to be wanting to fall head down along with the trailer doing the action that it's doing. But by the so, weight being forward as you're twitching, it's going to allow it to stay more natural like a bait fish. Cause correct. constantly as to where when you have the lead down the collar of the hook, right? So it wants to do it that. Wants to fall it's backwards. Gonna, yeah. What's it, what it's going to do is, is with the head, with the weight being so far on the head, the jig is naturally, if you threw the jig out there by itself, the jig's going to fall head down every time, like as fast as it can. When where you put the trailer on it, it's going to level it out to where it's going to just it's going to be a lot natural where you're not going to have to kill your arms, um, you know, shaking it so much. And on a straight retrieve, you know, you're obviously you're not going to be going through that much effort to do stuff to it. But for a, a shaking style swim jig situation, it's going to it's going to be real. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever truly like cast it out of swim jig and just like reeled it in. I'm 
even up here like if i'm swimming it through grass even offshore grass i want to shake that thing because oh dude it's it's the hardest thing it. <laughs> it's the hardest thing for me to do to just throw something out there and just reel it straight back in like it kills I, I me. feel i feel like not dumb i just feel silly i'm like i feel pretty dumb i'm like, like god like <laughs> then you get bit and, you're, and you miss them you're like yeah, oh, yeah. i can't I think a lot of the times with me, like in my mind, my mental state is like when I'm reeling it straight and one gets it, I feel like I don't have enough self-control to like wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like if I'm actually shaking it, like he might catch me like, you know, off guard for a second where he's got a chance to eat it and I can, you know, give him a little time. Like as you're shaking it like so like fast and reeling it, like when he bites, you might be coming down. You're like, you you got a second. If he gets it when you're coming up, you're screwed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a big deal. It's funny you mentioned it. That's a big deal. I get a lot of questions about why I hold my rod so high. And I throw my my swim jig on a, a 7.6 medium heavy. And I'm actually coming out with a, it's a 7.5 medium heavy with kind of a more of a moderate tip on it in my signature series. Um, and basically, it's it's still going to be a 7.6 inch rod from the handle up, or the real seat up. I'm just making the handle a, a touch shorter so it doesn't hit your elbow when you're holding your rod up. But I mean, for one thing, it is to keep the jig up where I can see it. But also, when one gets it, like, it allows me to have to drop my rod down to set the hook to give him, a, you know, a second or two. Because, dude, I've missed so many. Like, if it gets close to the boat and I drop my rod and just kind of twer- twitching it the last 10 feet and one will get it, dude, I'll miss him nine, nine times out of 10. Like, he better really be on it if I'm going to catch him. Because he's boiling. You, yeah. you think you got oh, yeah. it. You hit him yeah. and the jig goes flying past Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Or he, ri- he rips the trailer tails off and you're like, God, what Like what are you even doing? And I can tell you one thing around here, dude, you don't get two, t- you don't get two chances at him a lot. Like, no, <laughs> you get one shot. That's it. Well, it's good to adjust and learn your rod angles just oh, yeah. to capitalize yeah. and- on these fish. So um, before we get into the trailers, we've talked about them a little bit. I want to know, like, what are the th- two or three staple color swim jigs that everyone should have in their box? Yeah, and I keep this pretty simple. Swim jig, you know, flipping jig, dock jig across the board. I'm very simple as far as, like, I'll have a a natural, like a green pumpkin, um, a brim-type color, anything natural that you really like, green pumpkin and white. um, I'm trying to, like, a bluegill color. And then that's when I'm going to go with, like, you know, your cleaner water, um, shad i mean not shad spawn brim spawning like you know bluegill spawning stuff like that's really good around there uh the next color would be a black and blue got to have a black and blue i don't really get caught up in the you know black and blue with three strands of purple or a purple and black jig like i think anything dark um because he's not i tell this to everybody that fish is not going to run up there as fast as he can and stop and say that jig doesn't have two strands of purple in it like i'm not going to bite it like we're not talking about a small mouth that'll swim up to a drop shot worm and be like, hey, is it got purple flake in it? I'm not going to bite it. Like when he runs up there to it, he's either committing or he's not. Yeah. So anything dark, solid black, black and blue, purple and black, whatever. It's more of a, it's more of a confidence thing um, on that end for, you know, the angler. And then you got to have a shad color, a white, uh, you know, some kind of shad pattern. Sexy shad's a good one. Um, I have seen situations where you can put, um, You'll have a white one, and you can put, you know, some real bright chartreuse in it. If you've got some real muddy water, like bad muddy, I've seen it play a little bit better than just, you know, a regular, you know, natural, clear color one, more translucent. Uh, and that's all based on water, water clarity, stuff like that. But those three are kind of your basis for, you know, they're going to work throughout the country, I feel like. You, you could tweak them a little bit, but the, the biggest thing 
and like we're about to talk about the biggest thing i think with the jig is the trailer more than the color of the jig so though you can't go wrong with those three staple colors i know it's really basic but there's really there's really no sense in it i i, I did miss one i did miss one down in florida uh, like a gold shiner is a you got to have one of those in your box at some sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's a big deal. Most of the time, I'm a black and blue guy down there, but you can get away with throwing, you know, get on a gold shiner bite. I, I'm not really keen on when they get on shiner more than something else down there, but I know I do throw it down there a little bit. Golden shiner, and I don't even know what a shiner looks like to be honest. Like, I guess it's like an orange golden looking thing because everybody calls them golden shiner. Well, so I believe what they actually are, they're. You've seen an aloe wife, right? Or yeah, like a herring. Yeah. So they're they're kind of long like a herring or an aloe wife, but they have still a silver side to them, but the top of them is like a bronzy mm, dark which makes them look gold with color. a black. They'll have like a full black back. That's why when you see a golden shine color, it'll be like white, gold, or yeah. some type of brown with a couple strands of black in it. They're kind of a unique thing. They get big though, like five, oh, six, yeah. seven inches. They're big. Whew. Those are big minnows. Yeah. So, but um, trailers. Let's kind of dive into trailers real quick because I know that's super important. You could have like cross style or a boot tail. Mm-hmm. So kind of dive into when to throw each one of them. Is there like a different vegetation when a trailer comes into play? Like, let's go through Wes's mindset here. Yeah, like okay, so if we're if we're gonna go to a lake, I don't have to name a particular one, but we've got a lot of bank grass, a lot of vegetation on the bank. Like visually, you can see it, like little mats, little corners, little thick spots, scattered out stuff. That's when I'm really gonna go to my trailer style to start out with. Um, and this is probably gonna be anywhere in the country, even in Florida. I'll still have a crawl style on there. I'll the tree, the retrieve will vary, um, but. Always going to start with a crawl style 90% of the time. And the first one that I'm going to go with is the um, Azum Super Speed Crawl. It's got the big, you know, flappers, big, I call them flappers. You know, they just kind of bounce around, cause a lot of commotion, stuff like that. Um, but from a from a crawl style, there's three of them that I really like to use. I'll use the Super Speed Crawl, the, the Ultra Vibe Speed Crawl, which is going to be a lot more compact. Uh, I like to use it around the Shad's Bone sometimes because you'll get fish in that mood in the shad spawn where, yeah, you can bring it through that water willow or bank grass, you know, peanut grass, whatever. And the, I feel like the fish are almost like they're on crack, dude. They're like, they're just sitting up there. And anytime they see something flash, they're just running through it. Because in a shad spawn, you know, they'll be going down the edge doing their little flicking and little balls. Well, then fish can just run through there and just open their mouth and get as many as like as many as they can get. Well, he's not really dialed in on like, let's say two shad swimming through the grass. When he sees that big wall, he's just running. Well, when you have that lot of action going on through there with your jig, I feel like he thinks it's another big ball of shad. So I have a lot of times, well, they'll just run up there and blow up on it or, you know, grab a trailer tail when you have the big kicking, you know, flappers. So that's when I'll go to that ultra vibe speed crawl. Cause it's real compact. It doesn't have a lot of, you know, action to it. It's still got some, but nothing crazy to where he can hone in on that, you know, what would look like to him, that one shad tail flicking or two shad just swimming together. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives him a target to like dial in on instead of him getting all, you know, fired up and just running through there with it, you know, that big jig crashing through there with the big trailer. Uh, the other one that I like that's real can be compact. It kind of does a little bit of both is a Zoom Z Crawl Jr. Uh, and, and you can turn it, uh, it would be horizontal, which is flat to with the, you know, the flappers would be still doing their deal. And the cool thing about the the Z Crawl Junior is you can actually turn it vertical 
and turn it into a straight retrieve jig too and still be compact um so it's kind of a, a double-edged sword with that one so it i haven't used that one very much i've just started using it probably in the past two years and i've actually caught a lot of fish on it. i really like it um it keeps that jig up when you've got it horizontal but it looks really natural looks really good when you turn it vertical and just give it that straight retrieve i say when it's vertical probably mimics like bluegill it does. Really, it does. Like a crappie. Like if you had a white one, it would mimic crappie pretty well. Mm-hmm. Or, sinal or black and blue, bluegill or green pumpkin, whatever. Now, do you ever like mix match your trailers with your swim jig? So like, for instance, if you're throwing a black and blue, will you throw like a green pumpkin speed crop or um, a Z crop junior on there for like a contrast deal? Or is it like black and blue, black and blue, green pumpkin, green pumpkin, white and white? Yeah, I, I'm. I've always been a little bit hesitant to do that from a contrast standpoint with the, like as far as making the trailer the center of attention because if his that, that kicking and all that action if his you know what he's dialed in on, the hooks and the jig obviously. So like, yeah, it can. I I can see where it would it would work and like attract the fish and give him something different to look at. But I also don't want his focus on those legs kicking near as much because. I, I dude, I can't tell you how many times how I've been swimming and see a five pounder come up and just grab the tails of my trailer with its mouth, like open its mouth, close on my trailer tails and just go down. And you can watch the jig like he'll swim off with you can't do nothing about it. So and that's gonna happen sometimes regardless. Like if they're in a weird mood or they're like strictly locked on the bed and they're just trying to get it away. But I don't want to do anything to truly help him just dial in on that trailer. So I'll try and make it match a little bit. Um sure. One thing, if I was going to do a contrast, I would take the jig, you know, and it make it be the brighter color, what he can see other than the trailer. That would be, if I ever did try, and I haven't, like I said, I haven't done it much. I'm I'm real big on, you know, stuff matching. So if you're throwing like a white, like a white swim jig, you might throw mm-hmm. one with chartreuse in it and keep the white trailer so they can focus on the contrast of the jig skirting material in the head as opposed to the trailer. Right, right. And if I think, like, you may have an instance where you're, you want to be throwing a white or a shad color, but the water's really clear. Um, you could even go to more of a, a translucent trailer that still gives you the action and the vibration and stuff going on, but actually still have the white jig. So you've got a smaller profile of, you know, kind of what he's, you know, dialing in on, but you still have some action, but it's not the main focus. Hmm. I just, I just remember... I got into a, in the FLW tournament, I was fishing a shad spawn on some floating docks at Smith Lake. Uh, I think David Williams actually ended up winning it, but I was, I was actually throwing a, the, the, the ultra vibe speed crawl and I was throwing a solid white one and they kept getting like ripping my tails off. So like I, I had some one for sight fishing or something. I don't even remember the color. It was like some kind of silver smoke, like more of a shad color than a white. And I kept the white jig on. And it, and it may have been just coincident, but like the rest of the day, I caught every one of them. Like it just seemed like they ate it so much better because I didn't think they were more as much dialing in on that action, like the kicking. Makes sense to me. I and, and I mean, you learn stuff because I mean, dude, I fished like I said. If when I go out there, I've always got one tied on. Like it doesn't matter. Like unless it's a smallmouth tournament, I've got a swim jig on, and I'm trying to throw it somewhere. I just have that much confidence in it. But so you learn little tips and tricks like that. But you know, maybe somebody listening will you know, have that happen. Man, they're taking my trailer and they swap to a more translucent where they can't see it as good. And all of a sudden they've caught, you know, eight of the next 10 instead of one of the 10. Gotcha. Yeah. I like it. So we talked about cross style trailers. Let's move into like your favorite way, just 
kind of winding and slow rolling that swim jig through some grass. Let's talk about boot tails. When do you throw a boot tail minnow style trailer on the swim jig? Yeah, so I actually caught them uh, down at Okeechobee this past elite event. Um, just, you know, Oak, or not not just Okeechobee, Florida's known for the straight retrieve. Like, they don't want it bouncing around a whole lot. And I tried to make the straight retrieve with a crawl work. Um, and, and I got a few bites, but it just didn't seem like they were really committing to it that good. So I moved to a, it's a Z-Swim uh, by Zoom. It's a 3.8. It's just a Kite Tech style bait. Um, I just like to glue them on there because they're a little soft. Uh but I, I'll normally just throw it. Sometimes I'll trim the skirt down. Uh, if you hold the jig up, sometimes the skirt will fall below the hook, uh, like a long way below the hook. I kind of like to trim it off right at the bottom bend of the hook when I'm throwing a paddle tail, uh, just because it lets that swim bait kind of do what it needs to do and make that jig rock. Um, so it's not you're not going to have that real erratic action with the paddle tail. Uh, but like I was using it down at Okeechobee, throwing it around uh, like isolated reeds uh, or be coming through some like, isolated air uh, heads like real scattered out just have three or four over here three or four there, and you just kind of want it's almost like a spinner bait bite really um and you can still give it a shake or two you know you get to a real obvious piece of cover pop it and let it you know fall down and just kind of you know swim down a little bit uh but the other time would be like anytime you've got some submergent vegetation like any kind of hydrilla millfoil coontail anything like that um and it, I found it's a really good way to get a bite when you, if you're in a big crowd and you got a lot of people throwing a chatterbait um, or a rattle trap or something. That way little bit more, more, yeah, it's way more so. It's still got you still got enough action in there, but it, it's a really good way to get a bite um, in a pressured situation. Uh, so I like that paddle tail definitely for that. Um, sometimes you can catch them. I've caught some spotted bass at Smith on on like really deep docks, uh, suspended fish. Um, I actually caught some last year on uh, forward-facing sonar on some docks that would not react to anything until you threw a swim jig out there with a paddle tail. And the, it was it was like immediate. When it come by, like the whole group followed it out. And I ended up catching some doing that. So that was a new way that I kind of figured out. It just might be something a little different that they're not used to seeing because that jig gives that swim bait a little bit different action. Um, but I like the paddle tail uh, for, the, for the submergent stuff, like I said. Also, you know, like we said earlier the the z crawl junior turned up vertical has be, is becoming one of my real favorites because it's a little bit different action than the paddle tail um it's still got that straight retrieve that swimming but it's really natural like it's it's like literally the only thing moving is those legs like it literally just looks like a bait fish with his tails you know swimming down through that where when you if you reel one with a paddle tail on it you'll get a more of a rocking action with the jig and the bait and that that z crawl junior upright is just like it's it's about as natural and subtle as you can get if you don't do a lot of you know popping with the rod uh, but i will tell I'll, I'll let some people in on a sneaky one um that i've that i've tried here is uh you can take a zoom speed worm the ultra vibe speed worm the big one the magnum cut you know cut it off to what would be a good length and that's a that's a sneaky little trailer that gets that can get bit uh, on a straight retrieve like it's, it's pretty good that's interesting like i've seen guys put like some of the weirdest stuff on jigs, like flipping jigs, like, oh, I'm going to put this curly tail worm on there. I'm like, what yeah. the heck? In, what incarnation is this trailer? Like, that's and right. all of a sudden they jack one. I'm like, that's so weird. It oh, just, yeah. Like, and I, I think it's just in my brain. It's different. These, yeah. These fish get, I mean, just across the country, obviously, there's so many other people fishing out there. They just, they say something a little different. It's the same, but it's different. Like, I mean, when you reel a speed worm, I mean, dude, it looks great in the water. Like, it, it's got that kind of darting well it does the same thing on the back of that jig it's a little bit more subtle than the actual worm but it's 
it does look good. I caught a few on it. I haven't gotten like a lot of confidence in it to like put throw it on game day if I need it, but it's it's becoming a, a staple for sure. Just out messing around, you're like, oh, let me try this. Mm -hmm. And you like get one or two bites, and you're like, mm, I will bite it, but <laughs> I'm I'm still I'm still on the the paddle tail the the Z swim when it's when it's game day. It's it's just a tried and true. Um, hey, you got to fish your confidence. So, real fast, we got two questions left. the The first one is. You kind of touched on the rod a little bit, which is like the seven five mm -hmm. heavy, right? Like, but like, what real speed are you using in your line? So, can you break down like your rod reel and line setup real fast for our viewers, and when maybe you throw fluorocarbon with the swim jig or braid, or if you do one or the other? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, real quick, the we'll go from one style to the other. So, the Alabama style, like the the you know keeping it up, shaking, really getting with it. I'm going to use the the. I normally use a seven six, but I'm going to be using a seven five. It's actually a medium heavy, um, you know, action, but it, it's got a moderate. It's a moderate fast action, is what it is. So it's got a lot of tip to it. So I can keep that jig up. I've got a lot of backbone when a big one gets it, but I'm not going to jerk it out of his mouth as soon as he gets it because it's got a lot of tip and some forgiveness. It's got a good parallel, um, deep. Back yeah, it does. It does. And and it, it's crazy how many fish that I haven't – I used to lose so many because I was throwing a heavy. I thought I need the heaviest rod, the stoutest, you know, jerk as hard as I can. And I lost so many – I mean, good fish that would, like, fly out of the water and land at the trolling motor and come off because I just jerked them out of the water okay. so hard with the – if you don't jerk really hard, like, you can get away with a heavy, but I, I, I you know, I give it to them pretty good. So I, I like that real moderate, you know, parabolic bend. Uh, line size on that deal – uh, mostly i'm on 60 pound fx2 sunline braid um i use the big line because it really don't matter like you don't have to go throw 30 pound they're not looking at it i want as stout as i can get like if i got to get him out of something i'm gonna get him out and i'm gonna put as much torque on it as i can and that that 60 pound is plenty enough to get the job done uh the reels i've been using the past two years uh are the or while well, i say since i got them i i normally from a gear ratio standpoint i normally throw a seven um, right now, I'm using the the art the new art gravity reels. They're a seven one ratio. Uh, in the past, I've used a mid seven. I don't like to go to an eight. Uh, I feel like you lose a lot of torque and a lot of power, especially like out on the long cast. I mean, dude, if a five pounder gets it in a mat or you know a big wad of peanut grass, like you don't need to be locked up with him and just nothing moving. Like there's a difference in flipping mats when you're ten feet from him with a eight or nine gear ratio reel, and he hits it and he locks you up and can't nobody move. You can go in there and get him. Well, with that seven, you've got a little bit more gears. It's kind of, it's. I mean, it's the same argument everybody's like. It's like riding a bicycle. When you're going up a hill, you don't want to be in night gear. You, like, you, you need have to, a little bit more winching. Exactly. Power. You need to be able to turn your reel and gain some line on him when he's that far out. Because a lot of times, dude, I'm making casts so far, especially with those new art reels. Dude, I can spool a reel with 60-pound braid with that swim jig on. I can bomb it. And like me and Cobb were talking about this the other day, he caught some fish on a swim jig at Seminole. He said, dude, there's no way I would have caught him without that reel. He said, the other other problem I had was he got wadded up a few times. And like, if I wouldn't have been able to reel, I'd have never got to him. Like he would have just stayed out there. So having that little bit of extra torque, a six is a little bit too slow. It's going to wear you down. Like you're going to kill yourself throughout the day by midday. You're going to, you'll, you'll be up there. You're like, man, I can't take it no more. Like I got to stop. <laughs> But the seven's a really good one. A low seven is probably my favorite now that I've used it a lot. It's got a lot of torque. You can get him out, uh, but but still fast enough to keep up with the jig and not kill you. Um, on the on the opposite side of that, the the straight retrieve. Now down in Florida was a little different. I was using the same setup that I do, you know, shaking um, 
because of just how heavy the cover we were at, we were keeping it. I was keeping the jig up. Wasn't a lot of submerged grass fishing going on around there. But I have seen situations where I'll get out in that like submerged grass, the hydrilla, and I'll actually move to a Arc makes a Invoker Pro. It's a seven four medium heavy. It's it's a regular action. It's kind of the same action as the the one that I swim with when I'm shaking, but I'll go I'll lighten up my line a little bit. I'll probably go to fifty pound the FX two. Uh, just because I want that jig to get a little deeper if I want it to, so the diameter of that 50 will let it sink down a little bit, and I'm not going to be having to deal with all the you know stuff that's in the, that thick grass on the bank. So you, you I still want to be using braid in that situation, uh, but a little bit lighter rod. It's still the same reel, 7-1 gear ratio. It's just a good all-around for that type of fit. You can slow it down if you need to, speed it up, and it's not going to kill you. Um the only other the only time i'll throw fluorocarbon swimming a jig is like the situations i was talking about earlier with the the smith lake you know that really clear water shad spawn uh but i'm still going to be using you know 18 to 20 pound shooter uh sunlight yeah like it, it's not a it's not a 12 pound 14 pound deal like you're 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 still you've still got a big enough bait like he's not running up there looking at the line now if you're throwing a drop shot or jerk bait or something and you're needing to deal with the depth or him really being sensitive on what he's doing like as far as going up there to eat it like that's when you need a smaller line i mean he's still coming up there to eat a jig that's you know three or four inches long like with a skirt a big hook and a weed guard like he's not worried about the line but you don't want to be able to see 10 foot and be throwing 60 pound braid out there like there's just no need in it and you don't really need it around those thoughts every now and then he'll get you on a cross member but if you just you know keep a little pressure on him you can you can be all right but in that situation i'll probably still use the that 7.4 invoker pro um just because it's it's a it's a lighter rod you can move it around a little bit you can still skip with it um or i like to skip i don't have to skip with a, a shorter rod just because i've done it so long like from the skip and dock situation you don't a little tidbit you don't have to have a shorter rod like that's a good one to start with but once you get the hang of how you need to roll with it, you can skip with an eight foot rod if you needed to. So oh, I agree. I've I prefer longer rods for dock yeah. skipping because it also allows you to get a little bit further away it from does. the dock and be a little bit more. And it's active. actually easier. Like yeah. you can like once you once you get now, I've always it's easier to learn to do it with a shorter rod, hundred percent. But once you get the hang of it, like what your wrist needs to be doing, realize that it's not all in your shoulder and your elbow. Where you can just roll your wrist, it's it's actually better. That medium seven or seven four seven five is a really good dock skip. Yeah. The other thing I've learned too is like, and don't want to go on a tangent here before our last question, but like with a shorter rod, you can get away with like roll cast skipping. With that longer rod, it's almost easier to backhand skip. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, for sure. Really backhand, which is like the most dangerous cast you can do with a bay cast or that upside down backhand. But with a longer rod, I feel like you have way more control. Yeah, so. yeah, and you don't have to use. I, I feel like you don't have to use near as much effort with the yeah. with a little bit bigger rod. But again, like, like not telling people to go out there and buy a seven five or a seven six to start skipping with. Like it will be tough to learn it, but once you get the feel of it, like it makes it it makes it a lot easier. And you wouldn't think that, but it really does. I like it. So, Wes, you ready for the last question? It's an easy one here. Right, so, so, um, so the last question is customized by Newt Molds, and you can create your own swim jigs with Newt Molds blanks. I'm sure back in the day you probably made your own when you wanted hey, to do it. Hey, I may, I may, I may have made a few jigs here in the last couple of weeks with Newt yeah, Molds. Man. I believe it. So the Newt Molds juice of the show is: if there is one piece of advice you would give someone who picks up a swim jig for the very first time, what would it be? Oh, uh, 
I would give somebody advice. Don't do it because it's very addicting. It's like drug. It's like drugs, man. Like once you get that first bite on it, you'll do it all day. Like you'll be in a tournament and start out with it, and like thirty minutes into fishing, you catch a three pound. You're like, dude, I can do this all day. And you you look down, it's one thirty. You've had two bites, and they both missed it. You got one three pounder. You're like, crap. But yeah, so it's, it's just a it's such a fun way to fish. Like when they get on it, dude, it's the funnest thing in the world. Like I, I really think it's better than any frog bite, topwater bite, because dude, it's just when they get on it and they're so dialed into eating it, dude, you can like start calling your shots when you figure out how they're set up. But no, for real, just having confidence in it, like. Once you figure out, like anybody can go throw a swim jig. You can throw it around any cover. You don't have to throw it around grass. You can throw it around docks, trees, lay down, down sea walls. I've, I've really caught them everywhere. It's just mainly getting a jig that you got confidence in, a color, and keeping it in your hand. And like, I feel like the most dangerous guy with a swim jig, and I've seen it happen before, like I've been fishing with guys, is when they know a lot of times where their next bite's going to be. Like, and and I've had my dad tell me this before. He was like, dude, I've been fishing with you and seen you like get laser focused, like quit talking because I could go down the stretch and just be kind of bull crap and just roll cast. And I get to the certain 20 yard stretch and it's like power pole down. I got three casts right there. Like he's going to be on those, one of those three casts. Like when you, you figure that out with the way the yes. weeds, the reeds yes. and the Alabama grass sets up, yes. you're like, yep, he lives right yes. here. And, and when everything's right and, and there's no certain, it's weird because it's a technique that, sometimes you can like textbook it like you read in your Bassmaster book like okay this is the perfect day they're going to be biting a swim jig and then dude you can go out there on a the day you're like dude they'd never hit nothing moving and you throw a buzz bait and a spinner bait and a chatter bait and everything not get by and all of a sudden it's just like you go by one little stretch and it's like he's sitting on an isolated stump and it's like i figured him out like he comes from five foot away to get it and it's it's just game over but yeah, like i said it is a double-edged sword for sure because it can burn you like i ain't no telling in the world dude. i'm telling you like it will kill you like i, I spent one full day of seminal at practice throwing it because i got two bites on it that morning and i looked down it was four o'clock in the evening and i had one more bite I'm like, there was a day of practice like oops and every day of the tournament dude it's it sucked me back in like about two hours every day, I would go swim up in the Chattahoochee in some dirty water. Just I'm like, boy, if one gets it, like it's gonna be a good one. I kept telling Marshall, he was like, man, you was getting bites throwing that uni toad in paths. I'm like, yeah, but man, if one gets this one, it's gonna be awesome, man. <laughs> uh, before uh, before I let you go here, I just have a quick story about my first ever swim jig fish, and you you might laugh at this. I was throwing a white and chartreuse one on a clear finger lake with a paddle tail. But I was almost Alabama shaking it underneath docks. And my mm -hmm. first ever swim jig fish was a four and a half pound smallmouth under it. Oh, I bet that did not suck. <laughs> oh, man. I remember I, I skipped it all the way back, like straight back, like 50 feet back. I don't know how I got so far. And I felt it hit a pole. And I popped it over the pole and I hit it. And I felt him just pull. And my line starts coming out the left. I hit him and he jumped like around oh, my yard. Instantly. I'm just like, oh, God. I was ruined that day. It was. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> got him to come. Then all of a sudden, I got him around the bar. He came running out underneath me, went underneath the boat, got me all buried in weeds, still caught him. And that day, that was the only thing they would eat was a swim jig. I ended up catching like 24 pounds. On oh, yeah. And I was like, it's fun. 
But dude, you could go out. You could have went out there the next day and, and had one roll on it. and He missed it like that. Was the good. next eight times I went to that lake, I tried nothing. to make him bite nope. it. Nothing. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, it is the most hit and miss thing. But when it's on, it is absolutely crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm really excited about the the new one we're coming out with art. Like I've never really gotten to straight up design one. Like exactly like head style, weight, you know, hook size, weed guard angle. So it's I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to it. Color wise, it's. It should be good. I, I it, we're really close. I've I've seen a few samples. I got some hook samples, so it's it's really. I'm hoping maybe by the I don't know classic. It's gonna be right around the classic, maybe a little after, but it'll be it's gonna be good. I look forward to seeing it. I won't see you at the classic, but I I look forward to seeing it. So we're not making it this year. I'll be I'll be working the show for anybody who's there. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, go see Wes and pick his brain on swim jig. I'm sure it's the last thing he wants to talk about. So. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about I'll talk about whatever as long as we don't have to talk about the tournament going on that week that I'm not yeah. fishing in. We'll be good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was good seeing you as always. I'm sure we'll be seeing you probably right before the classic fantasy fishing show. Yep. And uh if you need anything as always, reach out and we'll chat. But man, thank you for coming on. We'll chat soon. For sure. Good good, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll uh I'm excited to get back on whenever. All right, man. We'll talk to you. See you, man. See ya. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Lure Lab. Hopefully you think it's a great one. Wes really knows how to fish a swim jig. He won a, his first ever blue trophy on the Elite Series with the swim jig on. Neely Henry, if you've never checked out the highlights to that, I highly recommend that you do. And really look into that Alabama shake. It is a fun way to catch fish. It does work up here in the north. I will not lie about it. It is one of the most addicting, but as Wes said, one of the most uh, humbling bites there is because one day you'll catch them and the next five days out, you will not. But if you're if you're tuned in on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. Leave a comment down below what your swim jig of choices, trailers, rod reel, line, all of the nine yards. I love seeing that stuff and that makes me want to go out and buy it and try it and then report back when we have another episode. If you're on MP3 tuned in on Spotify or Apple, there's a review button down there. Please drop a review. It allows us to be seen more to more bass heads like you and I and all the pros that we get on here. Um, we really appreciate the reviews. And as always, we will see you next week.